for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Dun-dun! What's up, everybody? It's Tuesday, September 4th, 2012, episode number 50 of Attacking the Androids, our weekly glimpse into the world of everything Android-related. My name's Matt Lee. Joining me tonight, as per a usual, we got Joey Kelly. What's up, man? Anytime you want to... And I'm taking myself off mute. Okay. Ah, Starting right. it off yes. fantastic. We got Seth Herringer. What's up, man? Hey, good to be back. Good to have you back. Good to have your back. We got Shane Brady. What's up, man? Hey, guys. And also not on the video because his internet connection sucks. We got Eric Finkenbeiner. What's up, man? I love antibiotics, by the way. <laughs> which is why which is why I'm here today versus last week. Eric. So thank you. Hello. Drugs are bad, okay? Pro- probably not as bad as not whatever <laughs> whatever you got those antibiotics to fix, I would imagine. Oh, trust me. That's true. So, uh like I said, attackoftheandroids.com join us every week for a live hangout discussion. We got a public chat room. It's all embedded on AOTA TV which you can find at attackoftheandroids.com slash live. Also, if you'd like, feel free to leave us a message. We'll listen to it and maybe even play it on the show, uh, 406-204-4687, or Skype the Jam Hole, all one word, all lowercase. So uh, let's start things off. Got a couple of things to kind of get caught up on. We had some listener feedback on episode 49 uh, this is uh, Christian. He's one of the local listeners here in Kalispell, Montana. Uh, in response to uh, what were we talking about? The the lawsuit, Apple versus Samsung, uh, and the lawyers. He says, <laughs> lawyers don't win. They spend their whole lives in courtrooms or with criminals or with rich a-holes. <laughs> and when they die, they spend eternity in hell. Stay as far away from the legal system as you can. <laughs> awesome. Uh, I guess we can start things out with a uh, quick update. Uh, Apple One. Has anybody been following this, uh, Seth? You got any? Well, yeah. Did Apple they win? One. Did they yeah. really win? <laughs> no, no, they did. Apple won big time. Um, 1.08 million billion. You know, I wasn't here last week, so I wasn't sure what you guys covered or not. I'm guessing you guys talked about this a fair amount last uh, week or Briefly, because honestly, none of us really care at okay, this well, point. But lay it I on mean, us. Yeah, I mean, I'm not an expert by any means in this, right? This is just sort of the layman's interpretation of what's going on here. Is that Apple won their patents... Um, Particularly for like the pinch to zoom and the the bounce back patent, you know what I mean? Like when you scroll to the bottom of a page and there's that little like bounce back to show you you're at the end. Right, right. And that's some of their design patents, right? So it wasn't just square corners, it was like the whole thing together. Or just rounded corners, it was a whole thing together. Trade dress. And, I yeah, trade is dress. What they stuff. Called it. And so uh, the jury 
everyone thinks they came back really fast, and some people are thinking they actually did their job kind of poorly because they did so fast. That there's no way that you could do enough of a job uh, and do it well uh, that quickly. But now people are saying maybe they did okay. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm not. I, I'm like I said. I'm not an expert, but uh, it seems like they came back a little too fast to me. But then I listened to the uh, the chairman of the jury give a like a ten minute discussion on the air about what happened in there. And what he said sounded like you know pretty, um, pretty reasonable. Uh, he basically said that with a law like so currently is that it's clear that Samsung broke the law and that it's not the jury's fault. You know the that that there are that there are laws currently exist about patents and patenting these things. It's not their fault. They were just applying the law. Uh, right. What the said, issue he, was initially is that should these things even be granted patents in the first place? Because if yeah. they are, then they are upholding the law because it right. was and granted so, initially. So Yeah, and they said that the way the curl currently stands, that they upheld it. It was interesting. He did say things like he doesn't think the Android operating system itself breaks any of the, you know, infringes any patents of Apple's. So that was an interesting move, I thought, where he basically came out and said Android doesn't infringe. It's just what the Samsung. carriers and the manufacturers, like Samsung, their touch yeah. whiz, it's what they're yeah. putting on top of Android. If they would just leave it be, this may not have happened, you know? Well, that's basically what he said. Um, so, I mean, like, well, so what do I think is going to happen from this? That's probably the most important question, right? Is what's going to happen? Well, not, not much right now because none of these phones matter in the Android landscape. Right. right? They're all. Other than the Galaxy S2, which I guess could be sort of like the free phone with a contract, you know that may be. You know, Apple always puts their one-year-old phone. Sure, sure. For like a hundred bucks, that's sort of where the Galaxy S2 is for Android. And so, if that gets uh, an injunction put on it, that could affect Samsung's sales on the lower end. But uh, other than that, you know, there's not really anything in this lawsuit that's going to affect Samsung going forward too much. Um, Didn't they add the Galaxy S3 to something? To a, that's to a different one. Oh, okay. That's a different lawsuit they have coming up. So, but then um, we also have the Motorola Google versus Apple coming up. I mean, there there's no end in sight, really. For I mean, <laughs> for the, any the of interesting this. part is that this was a this was a huge unequivocal win for Apple, right? Well, they get a sure. billion dollars. Uh, the judge could triple that. So it could be up to $3 billion, Right. Uh, what about PR-wise, how... though, Seth? What do you think this does for the reputation of these two companies? It, it's terrible for both of them, honestly. Um, it's bad for Apple because no one, everyone, I mean, if you sort of follow some of the internet chatter, everyone's sort of upset with Apple because they think it's sort of like silly. And they people just want good phones. People just want good technology. And really, to me, it seems only that the really Apple fanboys are the ones that are defending Apple. Everyone else is sort of upset. Um, but then, again, people sort of realize that App Samsung did sort of copy them, and um, and it's not good for Samsung either, because Samsung is cle- Samsung clearly copied them to these, to these, to this jury, and that means something, right? These aren't like, this wasn't like a stacked Apple jury. This was just a regular people. Well, it Samsung. was in San Jose. Uh, what was interesting, yeah. though, was that they didn't make any comments, or at least according to the jury, none of the infringement was on the operating system. Yeah. It was all on the design of the product. Well, they, except, the, except for the pinch to zoom and the bounce back, which Google has said they designed around an ice cream sandwich now. So none of those don't infringe anymore. Well, well and so even, did you hear the foreman talk about his own patents? 
No, I, I read he hold, he holds technical patents himself. Yeah, he and does. He, he commented, you know, what would he want to do? So, if you're a patent holder, uh, unless you're real, um, you know, real thoughtful about it, you know, like, like I I have patents under my name, but I don't. I think they're all they know them should be real patents. Um, Punch the monkey. Pretty, uh, <laughs> Did you actually, patent I'm sure the? I, I'm patent? not sure if I have. I'm not sure if I have. I wonder if he was trying to come up, like he was thinking, what if these are my patents? What would I want to happen? He, he, said, he, this, he said that's what he did. Yeah, and that to me is its not really the point of the case, right? They had the power to say those were invalid patents, I thought, uh, with, the amount, with the amount of prior art that was shown. So, yeah, I guess, yeah, they did. They did, they did have the chance to, to invalidate them, but I think they must have just said that they were valid. So, I mean, the other thing that made me a little bit curious was they actually came back with some mistakes on the jury form, so which makes me think that they went way too fast. So, for instance, they said that um, Samsung did not infringe on the iPad, which was a good. I guess that was a somewhat a success for for yeah for Samsung. But then they awarded damages to Apple for infringing on the iPad, and so the judge was like, uh, "Hello, you can't do that." <laughs> Fix this. So then they went back to the room and like dropped it by a million dollars, like a couple million, or maybe ten million, to say like, oh yeah, that was the damages, was the infringement. So stuff like that makes me think that they were just like cruising through this in some ways. And and once they, I mean, I think, you know, Nile Patel, the Verge, had some interesting comments saying like, you know, I, mean, I think it was Sam, maybe it's not, but I think it was him saying things like, it seems like they just decided that they, it seems like eventually. They were like, listen, Samsung is the bad guy. So now what does that look like, right? And I think that's probably the right, um, the right way to think about what happened at this case is Apple was able to prove that they were, that Samsung was the bad guy. And then the jury was just like, well, a billion dollars. You know what I mean? Just like kind of randomly. Right. Like, okay, shooting, that sounds like a darts, billion dollar bad guy. Basically. Yeah, and, and they just spoke a couple times. They said they needed to set up a, a fine to send a message. But that's right. punitive damages. To that's set an not example, what they were supposed to do. Yeah, they were supposed to just set statutory damages. Brock but think of it this way. Although I mean, I agree. I agree. Although I do think that, I mean, I think that it still means something that a jury found Samsung as the bad guy. Whatever the details of that means, you know, what I mean, like whatever Apple, you know, they looked at all the they looked at all the stuff for many days. They heard all the evidence, and just like you know, a group of was it twelve? I think. Uh, people were like, "Yeah, Samsung messed up. They shouldn't have done right. this." A group of but Americans not, from this home city of Apple ruled for Apple against a company based in Korea. Not, it, it, I mean, it, it, to me, it doesn't mean anything. Apple has got some sort of hold on the on the, on the American public. Um, yeah, but a unanimous twelve people in the room. I mean. It was that, on a Friday. That... Nobody wanted to stay through the weekend. And think of it this way. What does that say for your customers? If they're too dumb to figure out this is an Apple product and this is not, then... Well, Matt, you, you point that link now that people are going to say Samsung is the same as Apple. Well, I'm not going to spend the $800 to buy the Apple product. I'm the Samsung product. Also, yeah. That, and that's why I was talking about uh, with the PR end of it. Like, what does that do for what? Yeah. how the public at large views these two companies now? This was definitely a, a PR loss for Apple, big time. We should all ask our parents what they think of this. <laughs> I mean, because I mean, that's who's really buying these phones, right? 
Yeah, I'm not buying Apple phones. I mean, <laughs> I mean, there's, there's like a, there's almost like a whininess about Apple where people are starting to get sick of it. They're like, quit whining. Well, how about compete. instead of worrying about what Samsung's doing, why don't you just make a better phone? Samsung does appliances and televisions. Like this is a I small mean, fraction of what Samsung does. In Apple's case. This is like half of their business model. They well, do phones you know, and the they thing, do Matt. computers. I mean, this is why, and Shane, this is why I think that, I mean, obviously I'm of two minds and you can hear me as I talk here, right? In the sense, I do think that it matters that a jury found Samsung guilty of something. And if you look at some of those documents where Samsung is like feature by feature going It's not the fact like, that they infringe. It's this. the fact that they did it knowingly. They they well, yeah. had plans that said, you know, we know that we're doing this or, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, and it's like Apple, they say like things like Apple said. It wasn't like, an if you accident. Look at that, it, really is, it really is feature by feature. They go, Apple does this. We need to do that same thing. Apple does this. We need to do the same right, thing. Right, but Apple you could go this. the other way. Android does this. Why don't you, hey, how's your notifications? Hey, how's... Yeah, I agree with you know, the notification but thing. But the yeah, argument was that Apple's software is not open source and Android is. So technically, you could go one way and rip off anything you wanted from Android. But if you go the other way, whoa, 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 watch out. And that, uh, to me personally, that demonstrates a fatal flaw in the patent system itself. You can't hold either of these companies accountable for using or taking advantage of or finding loopholes in the existing system. You have to change the system, not the, you know, it doesn't doesn't make sense to, to say that, you know, you guys got these patents and and now you infringe like you should be looking at who granted them the patent in the first place because some of this stuff is just ridiculous i don't think anything well, the apple one uh should ever be patented i mean unless they're literally unless the phone boots up and is a pixel by pixel copy of ios you can uh, and that you'd actually confuse somebody who knows anything about phones could confuse uh, Samsung from from uh, an iPhone. Then educate your users, educate your customers. That's yeah. not. Yeah. That seems silly. Yeah. Although, I'll, here's I mean, here's the other thing, though, right? It's it is true that Samsung said something like, and the jury foreman said this, like, you know, the difference between what they were putting out in the iPhone was like night and day, or something like that. It was something like that, you know, or like worlds apart, and we need to like start copying what Apple is doing. Right. And I think there are a few internal emails, things like that that really set the jury off and was like, listen, they're obviously doing this on purpose. And, well, and, and even Google, even Google was like, Samsung, you're copying them. Stop. Nilay Patel. Yeah, that, 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 on, doesn't mean that doesn't mean it should be illegal. Though. Check this out. But, but, it, but, it, it, but it currently is. Nilay Patel on the question. latest episode of Twit had a, an interesting point. Uh, he said that back when the iPhone first came out, you know how it was exclusive to one carrier or two carriers. Um, this was the response from Samsung was that, or not even Samsung from, let's say Verizon for uh, the hypothetical here, they didn't have the iPhone. So they needed something comparable that they could sell because they were afraid of getting crushed because they didn't have this phone. So then Samsung comes in and is like, well, Hey, we'll make something that's close to it that you can sell in the meantime. Which I I don't know if that's that's not really a legitimate excuse or anything, but I can understand, you know. The, I mean, you saw the Palm Pre trying to to mimic a lot of these features. A, a lot of different device manufacturers were trying to. 
And I'm wondering, is that the behest of the carriers themselves, or was that the manufacturers just doing it on their own? Or, no, this or is just what? Samsung doing it on its own. Right. Eric, what do you, what do you think about this, Eric? Personally, I think that a lot of the, a lot of the failings here can go straight back to the judge. Um, I mean, this is a judge that if she would have let a lot of the evidence that Samsung was trying to bring forward to actually go into evidence That's a and good be point. presented to the jury. They had a lot of stuff then, that wasn't allowed to be submitted, right? Yeah, and, and I think a lot of it had to do with, you know, showing prior art, um, showing that these are – that Apple got inspiration from things in the same way that, you know, Samsung probably got inspiration from things. I will say that I agree with Seth that some of the copying was blatant, but I'm not certain that that should be a problem you know, they Apple probably should not have been granted certain patents, certain design patents. Like it shouldn't be part of their trade dress or anything like that if, you know, there's enough prior art to show that, you know, this isn't unique to them. Like, look, you made a phone in the shape of a candy bar. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, like, well, how what other shape besides a circle, which I have a patent on now? Thank you. No. Yeah, someone uh, posted something on Google Plus today. You guys know the Braun company? I assume they only made electric razors. I guess they make a whole bunch of different things. Braun, the paper brushes, paper towels, like calculators. And they made a calculator in like the seventies that the Apple iOS calculator has almost the exact same color scheme and buttons. Really? They should sue. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, they should sue. Uh, Well, you know, I gotta say, there's one, there is one reason why Samsung, or well, not a reason, but a a justification, Samsung would want to copy the iPhone. In addition to the ones that Matt was bringing up, and that is the simple fact that if you ask someone today what they want in a smartphone, they're gonna say, "I want the iPhone." They're not gonna say, "I want this, 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 and this." They're going to say, "I want the iPhone," and I love it or hate it. One of the things that um, uh, Henry Ford said uh, when he was um, uh, uh, coming out with the Model T was simply that, you know, if you asked people what they wanted for in, in, in a transportation mm-hmm. mode, would say they wanted a, a better horse and buggy. Too many choices is not necessarily a good thing sometimes. Correct. Uh, well, and this is why I think that these, you know, some of these smoking gun emails, um, these internal emails from Samsung, I don't think are as much smoking guns as people probably thought they were, because this is how this is how these conversations go in a company. You analyze your competition, you say, "What are they doing? We need to do that." And then you know, but then this is where the question should come: Can we do that? Is it something that they've patented, something they've licensed, or is it just you know, is it just an idea or you know, a need that we need to address? And I, that's why when you read some of these emails, I don't think that it's necessarily, you know, blatant, like, oh, Samsung's copying everything from Apple. They're analyzing their competition, which is what every other business is going to do. And I'm sure Apple has similar emails, you know, for Android, and it's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah but the I, difference is, is that it has to be so not blatant that you can't notice it, if you know what I mean. Well, it, 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 well I think it – These are, and remember, these are internal emails, and it goes back to the sort of you know, cover-your-own-butt mentality in you know, the corporate world um, where now people are freaked out to say anything via email because they don't right. want it to be you know, subpoenaed and taken the wrong right. way 
you know, at some trial in the near future. And what is, does that stifle creativity also? If you're always constantly worrying about and watching your back with what you write instead of being in a, a free and open environment where you can say whatever without fear of prosecution? Definitely. That, yeah. definitely. And that's no good. Well, well, I mean, come on, guys. Make, make well, a... The thing is, I got a whole. I've got a. I could rant about this for for hours. I have a very very large hatred of software patents because of this long lengthy thing that we went through for what was it, the better part of a decade. Just in general, Linux right? It's it's Linux. Yeah, yeah. Oh Jesus! Right. You know, I mean, it's one of those things where, okay, I can write a calculator. The calculator can uh, do addition in one of two ways. It can take two registers and it can add them together and come up with a value, or it can, su- can subtract the negative uh, and come up with a value. There's two ways of doing it. If I patent one of those ways, then that forces you to do it the other way. Right, but then again, that goes back to the chicken-egg argument. Whose fault is that? It's not the company's fault for exploiting it. It's the, 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 the system itself for allowing this to go on and that's right. what no, it's both. needs to change it's, it's apple's yeah. fault f it it's apple's fault well no it's all these companies that act <clears throat> this way and i mean you that's why some people are really pissed at google for basically going on the offensive with this motorola mobility versus apple lawsuit that they've just started but if they don't where where is this going to end you know they have they to do on, something how are they on the offensive well they have that, a lot of what the 3g patents about uh, network stuff uh, all that stuff that that the iPhones use i mean and and that's what i was saying last week on the show is that if if samsung gets a couple of its phones pulled you know not a really big deal cuz they're still selling TVs and, and appliances and all this stuff if google via motorola's patents ends up getting iphones pulled like what are you going to do now apple apologize and, and go and lay by your iPhones. dish it's iPhones, it's Macs. I mean, I, I exactly. think that the, exactly. I think the play here is probably to get Apple, you know, to back to off. Point where you know, it's sort of well, it's like mutually assured destruction. Exactly. I think that's what they're aiming at. Yep. But the only point that I was making, Shane, is that people are viewing this as an offensive move by Google, which I, I, I mean, they're the ones starting the lawsuit, so I think it, yeah, it's, it's offensive. Though you could say, well. <laughs> No, they're doing it so that way they can make Apple back off. So technically, it's defensive. The best defense but... is a good offense. I heard that. <laughs> well, I just, Eric, I just meant they're being sued. You know, Android's being sued all over the place. It doesn't feel offensive to me. So to now go after, and not to mention Motorola was already going after Apple. I mean, that was already happening. Right. Just... So they're just continuing the saga. Well, I think the no. best we can hope for is like this, you know, ceasefire at the end of this. Ceasefire, um, innovate, and let's all move the F on. It, it okay. was reported last week that Larry Page and the CEO of Apple, uh, Tim Cook, were Tim talking. Cook. We're doing what? They were talking. Oh, well, that's like, a plus. The, it's that's uh, a... like the Cold War red phone, I guess. <laughs> Over right. some scones and chai. Do you know how close we were to radioactive fallout? So close. 
Uh, there was a great article on networkworld.com about this. We'll put a link to it in the show notes at attackoftheandroids.com. I don't want to spend too much more than half of the show uh, talking about this. But um, they say here there was a real difference between what comprised the pre-iPhone market and what Apple introduced. The iPhone, even though many of its parts had been seen before, put things together in a way that no one else had and changed what the average consumers thought of when they thought of a portable internet experience. And then, of course, <clears throat> we waited for the portable internet to catch up to, you know, uh, being more responsive and dynamic in how it rendered pages for these different size devices and, and all that. But, yeah, pretty interesting uh, article over there on networkworld.com. Like I said, we'll link to it in the show notes. Let's please move on. Get ready to drink because we got a Republic Wireless update. Joey, take it away. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I got this phone. This is a, the Republic Wireless Motorola NVXT. Woo, ooh, ooh, check it. Uh, uh, and this arrived, uh, let me think here, I believe it was Wednesday night, uh, one day after we recorded uh, the episode 49. Was it? Or was it 40? Yeah. Anyway, and... Um, I got it activated Wednesday night and really started to use it Thursday morning after I had a good charge in it. Uh, I wrote down some notes here. Let me pull them up real quick. Um, let me see. It's a, there's a custom boot screen with a Republic wireless name and their little logo swoosh thing. Uh, device activation was automatic after boot. Uh, the device was then rebooted after uh, the activation was completed and it pulled up to the home screen. Uh, it comes preloaded with a variety of Google apps, uh, also the Flashlight app and a Compass. It also comes with uh, Quick Office. Uh, was it Quick Office? I think it was Quick Office. Uh, hang on. Let me make sure it was Quick Office. Yeah, it was Quick Office. Not Quick Office Pro, but just regular Quick Office. Um, I found the speaker to be a little bit on the tinny side, but I then found that if I cranked the volume down and got my ear closer to it, rather than being just slightly above it, it was a little bit better. Um, one, the media volume on uh, like the loudspeaker into things was very clear and it was very loud, uh, so it's very good for listening to music or audiobooks. Um, and a lot of this, by the way, is about the phone. Um, the camera is directly accessible from the lock screen. So in other words, the device is locked right now, and if I, oops, no, it was locked. Um, if I, let's see, if I lock it. All new Android uh, OS does that. Okay, yeah, but this is 2.3. Oh, really? Yep. Well, so I just dandy. swipe one direction, and I'm instantly in my camera, which is very nice. Um, and that's not something that my other phones have, or my other phone has. Um, lock screen also has a vibrate and not vibrate toggle. Um, mute, if you will. Um, that's nice. I was seeing download speeds on my Wi-Fi connection exceeding 400 kilobytes per second, which Ooh. was nice. <laughs> oh, yeah, very nice. Smoking. Uh, that's comparable and higher than the LG Revolution on the same connection. Um, the, graphics seem, the graphics seem to be a notch better on this than the one on the LG Revolution. And let's see, I ran the speed test app on this on 3G, uh, and then I ran it with my Verizon Nord um, uh, LG Revolution, also on 3G, sitting side-by-side side on the same desk. 
Uh, the Republic phone uh, on 3G came back with uh, an 1173 kilobyte uh, per da uh, download speed and 895 kilobytes per second upload. The Verizon phone, which is a, it's a 4G phone, but it, we only have 3G up here, uh, on the same speed test to the same uh, server showed up with a 438 kilobyte download and a 943 kilobyte upload speed. Um, I'm not quite sure why the the upload is so much different uh, than the download. It's twice as much on the upload on the, on the Verizon phone. I'm not because sure most most people with smartphones are downloading. They're not uploading a lot like people with uh, regular non-mobile internet connections. So yeah. they they I think they purposefully do that just so they can say you know. We have these great speeds, even though most people don't even know. I mean, if you can't tell the difference between Apple and Samsung, like most people aren't going to know this, you know, they, it's just oh, yeah. unless you're well, streaming live and doing, you know, lots of upload intensive stuff, it's really not going to make a diff. Exactly. So um, this phone is the Motorola uh, one that they're offering. It is not based on CyanogenMod. Right, and uh, that was something, what, we previously thought based on the Republic Wireless website, but the more I correct. think about it, is it all phones, or is it just the model that you have, and maybe some of the different models are based on CM? Well, I, that's the thing. They're only offering <clears throat> two phones right now. Okay. Okay. And one of them is this Motorola. Uh, the other is the... Uh, the Optimus. Yeah, the Optimus, and that one the was Optimus the one Prime. A, yeah, uh, well, somebody got a uh, a screen uh, hands on it, did screenshots of it, and it literally looked like Cyanogen Mod um, with a custom skin on it. Sure. And this what? is definitely not. And the reason why it finally clicked on me that it wasn't because I thought it was. I really did. And then I, I had the chance to use somebody else's very old uh, uh, Motorola phone. Uh, that I was setting up for access to the company email where I work, and it had the exact same spinning icons. Moto and, Blur, and baby, yeah, Moto, Blur. Moto Blur. Woo! So she, she's Android two point three point something running Moto Blur on top of it with Ugh. Republic Wireless top, stuck on top of that. <laughs> Here's the thing: it's still faster than the LG Revolution. Impressive. Uh, even running all the crap, uh, it's amazing. It's now, so did it did it come with a lot of bloatware on there? I mean, obviously, no. you're not going to have the Verizon stuff because it's not Verizon. But right. uh, what what does it come with as far as uh, apps that you're like, God, why is this even on here? Like Blockbuster, anything um, like that? No, uh, not really bad. Um, from top to bottom. The apps are a battery manager, the browser, calculator, calendar, camcorder, camera, clock, a compass, which I don't think that's a stock Android app. Uh, contacts, it has this thing called dashboard, which is like a pedometer. Really? You put it in your pocket, you turn the dashboard on, and it records how long you go and how many steps you've taken. Oh, it's like my tracks, kind of, but more uh, walking-based. Right. Interesting. And, um, and that's kind of cool, and that came with it. Um, let's see, it's got an email. It has this eyes-free keyboard thing, and I'm not sure if that's just a voice rack or what that is. I haven't tried it. It did come with Facebook. It came with a file browser, which I thought was interesting. It also came with flashlight, FM radio, Gmail, Google+, Latitude, Logo, uh, local maps, this thing called Media C, which I'm assuming is a media player. I have not opened it. 
Uh, there's a DLNA media server that comes with it installed. Uh, of course, you have your default messaging app and, uh, and messenger. There's a music app, gallery, navigation, all that came on it. Notepad came on it, uh, which is, a, I don't think that's a stock Android app either. I think that may be a Motorola add-on. Um, it came with Playbooks, Play Movies and TV, Play Music, the Play Store, Quick Office. Um, that's about it. Everything else is pretty much standard um, Android stuff. It I can't believe you the- just read off all of the apps that come on your phone, but <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, as far as like the actual Republic wireless stuff, is it worth it? Is it worth it because of where you live and what uh, cell coverage is there or what? Well, here's the, that's, that's the ultimate question. The hardware is one thing. The service is another. Um, to repeat the whole description here, Republic Wireless tells you that you can have unlimited calls, unlimited texting, and unlimited data for $19 a month. Um, it sounds like it's good to be true. I don't think it is. I think what they're intending to go for is the low end of the market, the people that are not making that many phone calls, that are not making that many calls, uh, 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 that many text messages even, uh, and they're not using that much data. And uh, people that are, you know, housebound or retired or uh, whatnot, I have a friend who's um, uh, uh, disabled, and she spends the vast majority of her time between her house and the general area uh, around Bangor, and she, she would have excellent coverage within that, that space. And being at home with a wireless access point, she'd have service there too, and it would be mostly free and mostly going out over the Wi-Fi. So it makes sense for you if you have wireless access point access or if you're in an area that is serviced by Sprint. Of course, and that's what we've kind of been saying. But it does. do you notice any lag in the handoff uh, between the towers or anything like that, or is it, is it pretty decent? Well, what was interesting, I did several test calls. Um, first of all, on the cell phone network, there is literally no difference between this phone and any other normal cell phone. You cannot tell the difference. Right. Um, going through the Wi-Fi based on a couple of test calls, um, people could not tell the difference in my quality over the Wi-Fi either. Well, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, the Wi-Fi is going to offer you way more bandwidth than what you're getting from the cell antennas. Correct. So I, I would expect uh, but, that. but I think, by the way, our original uh, pr- premise that this was using some sort of a VoIP technology and going over the network as data is incorrect. I think it's actually using the standard cell phone uh, network because really? I was able to make and receive calls where I didn't have 3G. Oh, excellent! So they are that they do have some deals worked out that that yep. they're they're using strictly cell service, not not Wi-Fi or anything like that. Correct. Well, that's cool, man. Do yes, you like so it? I, are I, you I, are you glad you got it? Like, is it is it better than? I mean, obviously it's better than your feature phone, but is it? Are you having I, buyer's remorse or buyer's regret or whatever that's called? Well, to be brutally honest, tomorrow morning uh, when their customer service opens, I'm calling them up and I'm sending it back. Um, <laughs> Why? Well, it's simple. Um, I walked into the uh, one town over, uh, sorry, two towns over from here. I walked into the subway. I had signal when I walked into the subway. I ordered a sandwich. I sat down to eat it. I didn't have signal. I walked back out the door. I had signal again. 
Uh, the coverage up here in this area under Sprint is so spotty. Right. That so it if just you doesn't work, if you lived in a place that had really good Sprint, I mean, is there such thing as really good Sprint coverage or? Oh, there's got to be somewhere, um, right? Uh, somewhere, somebody is getting really good Sprint coverage. It's only one person. It's great in Kansas City. Is it? Yeah. Well, the thing is, is that it's if you were, Columbus. say, you had Vonage or something like Vonage. You could replace Vonage with this, and you'd have the ability to pick it up and take it with you, and you'd have at least a good chance of having a, a, a cell phone that worked with you. Okay, Maybe not a guarantee, but you'd have a good chance. Uh, for people that are used to having just a home phone, this is cheaper, way cheaper than your average home phone, and if you've already got wireless internet, this works perfectly. Hey, Joey. Joey, I... I'm I'm really I'm really considering this for my parents, mm-hmm. but I am I'm scared that this will blow up in my face and they will never leave me alone. Get them a jitterbug, um, Eric. You need to get your parents. I'm gonna get you a jitterbug. The jitterbug. <laughs> no, so remind me on the cost of this. Like, how much was the phone? You said the service is 19.99 a month. Like, what no, what's the what is the how much money does somebody have to spend if they want to jump in the Republic Wireless bandwagon? First of all, right now the service is still in beta, so you have to sign up and wait uh, for them to contact you. Once they've contacted you, you have two weeks from when your uh, when your email is received to make a decision. Yes, you're going to buy it. No, you're not. Uh, at that point, you need to shell out the price of the phone, uh, the first month of service, and a ten dollar activation fee. So uh, basically, it was a $249 phone plus shipping and tax uh, and $29 for the first month of service. So all totaled, you're looking at uh, 30 bucks. call it uh, $240. you are looking at $280-odd to get started uh, plus any shipping and tax. So under mm. 300 bucks. And Still I mean, yeah. Jitterbug. <laughs> well, no, they're on Sprint right now. I'm just thinking that you know, if they want to save a little bit of money and they could leave me alone, that might mm-hmm. be an option. Um, you know, I, we didn't talk about it because this was a few weeks ago, but there was there was some sort of skin for phones. I think it was for children, but I was really considering just like logging into my mother's uh, Google Play account and sending it to her phone. It's, nice. It looks like the jitterbug. It's just like four giant buttons. <laughs> it's like start call, end call, text message. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, um, I like it. All right, well, very cool, man. I'm I'm glad you got it and everything's uh, working, and that you're sending it back. Maybe you could just send that one to Eric or or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how that Do works. Everything's individualized. You have no, to register, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I got to admit, the phone itself, I'm impressed with it, it. The performance of it has been as good or better in every single category that I've measured uh, compared to the LG Revolution, which again is a low end phone. Uh, right. The Moto Blur didn't seem to be a problem. Uh, but <laughs> the one thing I did not test, and somebody asked me about this, was if you start a call on Wi Fi, will it switch to the phone network? And I think the answer is that it's supposed to. I don't know if it will. That's um, why I was asking about the handoff, if 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 that works very well or, or how smooth it was. I honestly don't know. Um, I had problems up here with a T-Mobile phone that used this same type of technology. 
And uh, the problem with it was that I was very rarely near a T-Mobile-owned tower, so it was constantly having to go through its list of roaming agreements and coming up with the tower to switch to. So it would often take several seconds to latch onto a tower, and in that time, it would drop the call. Um, So, like I say, I don't know. This this might work better. This might not. Um, But, I mean, if you're talking about unlimited calls and unlimited minutes and unlimited long distance and all this other thing who cares you gotta dial them again i mean assuming you're in a place that has good sprint coverage so right all right um i got finally uh, around to rooting unlocking unlocking then rooting then putting a couple uh custom roms on the transformer prime uh one thing there there's a, a a root app called sparky root which is uh, it's an APK that you run and install, and it does its thing. Uh, one problem: if you are on the most, or if you're on the latest OTA, the the over-the-air update that ASUS uh, pushed out, I, I believe it was the point two eight one. Sparky Root does not work <laughs> at all. So uh, I unlocked it. Uh, using Asus gives you a, a nice unlock tool. So I got that going. And uh, what I ended up using is something called Debug FS. Uh, and it's, it's, it runs through ADB. Uh, and first try, boom, rooted, no problem. Uh, some kids were having problems, uh, if you read on XDA, with, uh, what was it? The Clockwork mod. They were having to use Twerp. Because for some reason, Clockwork Mod was not working on their Prime. But we saw this, these Primes were manufactured, I don't know what was different, but uh, like we we mentioned when these first came out, that there were a, a group of people that were having wicked bad random reboot issues. And then there was another group that was, the group that I was in, uh, the 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 group that had the really bad issues for some reason they didn't have a serial number. <laughs> if you go into about tablet, it was just blank, and it seemed like that was the group that was having the most problems. And then there was the second tier group that I was in that had the B C O K uh, serial number, and we were having random reboots, but it wasn't near as bad. We didn't have the the weird lines in the screen and this and that. And then there was the third group that really didn't have any issues. So the group I was in, we were anxiously waiting and helping test. And that was my whole beef about this thing is that I paid, you know, $500 to beta test a tablet for Asus. And I, I wasn't very thrilled about that. Um, but once we got the 2.1 update, and then I believe it was the 2.8 update, which was the last one that got pushed out, uh, everything seemed to work really well. Except that I noticed this quad-core tablet didn't run near as fast as my dual-core Galaxy Nexus. And that, that was something that always bugged me about it. And I finally got around to, like I said, unlocking, rooting, then putting custom ROMs on it. And now it runs beautifully. So I first tried the EOS 3 ROM. And that that worked okay, but I was getting some uh, weird random reboot issues. So then I went to the latest CM10 Nightly, and that seemed to fix everything. Now, the only issue you will notice is that on either of these ROMs, and I don't know, Eric, you, you messed with another ROM, I think. Was it the Optimum or the Optima? There was a third. What was that other uh, 
ROM that came out that was really good for the Prime. Now, is the the Team EOS three is the only one I've ever been on, oh, and okay. I went on that one specifically because it it supports uh, um, <clears throat> the SD card, which I use a lot. Okay, and that's yeah, that's the other thing you I didn't notice until you brought it up because I don't really use the SD card, but yeah, the the CM ten nightly I'm using the no SD support. So the one thing I did notice, if you guys are watching the video, here's camera force close. No, okay, so front-facing camera works great. Uh, no problems there. When you switch it to the rear camera, you get... Dun, 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 nice green line. And so what that is is uh, something wrong with the camera package from what I've read on the forums, and they're working on it. Each nightly that comes out, it changes a little bit. Still not working, but... The only problem I have with it is my OCD, that I want everything to work. I never use the rear camera on a tablet. And that was something when I went to Mexico, I saw a lot of people with iPads doing this and like taking pictures with it. Oh, and I hate it just, that so much. I know. I wanted to just run and like snatch it off their hands and break it on the ground, but I didn't because, you know, I'm not that kind of guy. But it's it's kind of a pointless thing. I mean, maybe if I didn't have a phone, if I didn't have my Galaxy Nexus, maybe I would use it more. But I think I would just use my regular camera at that point. So it's kind of pointless. As long as the front-facing camera works uh, for Skype video chat, for Google chat video, you know, anything like that, I think you're good to go. The the rear camera, it's it's just an added, like, extra, you know, whatever. So that, that doesn't really bug me much. But going from the Asus ice cream sandwich uh, OTA that they had to this jelly bean ROM, everything is just, it's so fluid and everything is just beautiful and it, it works and the scrolling is just, I don't know, it's kind of hard to see, but it's so smooth and it, it just goes and it does its thing and it, yeah, I'm very impressed with it and uh, like I said, it's still a nightly. It's, you know, what is that considered? Alpha. <laughs> so it's, it, it may not be stable. Your mileage will definitely vary depending on what prime you have. You know, like I said, the different serial numbers. I don't know what it is internally that makes them so different. But man, it, you, you notice it. Um, the other thing I've noticed, and this has been happening since day one with this thing is that certain games just crash. I know Dead Trigger is notorious for that, and at first I thought it was the the Prime itself, but I'm running it on all three of these different ROMs, and it does the same thing. So it's got to be something in the code. Uh, Riptide GP, the one that was made for the Tegra and came with it, and I actually bought the full version because it's just a fun jet ski game, you know? It crashes too. You'll you'll be riding the jet ski along, and all of a sudden it'll pause, and then you'll get this weird jitter, like everything is off. You can still hit buttons, like I can hear it pause, uh, but I don't I don't know. So I I'm hoping that they they fix it. Here's the new uh, mod logo. I love that. You only love it until it boot loops, and then you're like, well, that's not very slick, but. Um, yeah, overall, if you have a Prime and you're sick of waiting for Asus to come out with a, a Jelly Bean OTA, I would go this route. Uh, I have it clocked at 
uh, the quad core and it runs so smooth. And even I think my Galaxy Nexus, I have it clocked to 1.6 with the dual core and it, it's nice. So, uh, Couldn't the overclocking give you problems? I, I don't know because I wasn't sure what the standard clock speed was. Do you know what it oh. was? It a 1.2 initially? I, I don't know. It was it 1.4, Eric? Maybe. I uh, think so. Okay. Sorry, Shane. Go ahead. Uh, I, I just have no interest in the overclocking stuff. Now, I never had it even from a PC. Um, I always just, because I, I, I think maybe when I dabbled in it with PCs, I always had crashes and instability. It never worked. So I wouldn't yeah, be surprised I noticed, if that's one reason on the Prime. I noticed that on my Galaxy Nexus when I first uh, ROMed it. I had the. What was it? I had the vicious ROM on it, but then I had a, a faux kernel, which was running at 1.8, and it was giving me some problems here and there. So then I dropped it down to, uh, I think it was, uh, what kernel was it? It was another kernel, but I think it was running at 1.2 or 1.6, and it it ended up running, oh, the lean kernel is, is what I'm running, the dirty Imacyon kernel, uh, and it runs much, much smoother. And right now, I have it clocked at, I think, 1.6, and you can do, I'm doing all of that stuff in uh, ROM Toolbox Pro here. If you see the screen, there's a CPU control. And yeah, I have it dropped down to 1,200, so 1.2, and then I'm using the interactive governor. But you can crank this all the way up to 1,650. That's as far as this kernel lets you go. And like I said, the faux kernel will run at 1.8. But um, 1,200, I mean, it's more than fast enough to do anything you would want it to do. You could probably even drop it down more if you wanted to get a little more battery life. But and like I said, that your mileage is going to vary from from Nexus to Nexus, from Prime to Prime. I mean, it's all it's all going to be different depending on uh, which lucky version you ended up getting. Um, let's see the, the all of the extra settings and controls that CyanogenMod, you know, we've all come to know and love are just amazing. Uh, the torch doesn't work. That'll give you a nice force close. Uh, the one I found that does work is called. I think it's just called flashlight. Yeah, flashlight. That one works really well. So, and and I mean, the more you play with it, you'll notice things here and there that your prime likes or doesn't like, that mine liked or didn't like. Like I said, they're all they're all a little different. So, um, well, I think the bottom line is that like when I when I put Jelly Bean on my prime, even even though these are alphas, just out of the gate, it it was so smooth so much. and it was really great. Um, the big things are like what you're saying. It's it's like camera controls, and if you don't use those a lot, then you probably won't notice any negative difference. It'll all be positive. Right, and I got this one uh, with the kernel here, the stock one that comes with CM10. The nightly I'm using is the 9.2 uh, nightly. It it has it clocked at 1600 megahertz, so 1.6 uh, gigahertz. So, and you can, like I said, you can adjust all of that stuff. Um, the other thing I notice is you don't have the super IPS plus option anymore because that was an ASUS thing. But what you do get, and it's just like I have this on my Droid X running CM7, <laughs> is a really cool, uh, let me see here, settings, display, a really awesome, uh, what do they call it, automatic backlight like you have all of these different options now that you can adjust you can 
set the sensor to whatever you want it to be. You can mess with the hysteresis. I forget how that's called. But yeah, so you can adjust all of the different... If your lighting is between 10 and 49 or, you know, it goes all the way up to 4,000 to infinity and everything in between. And you can adjust all of that manually. So if you crank it all the way up to 255, which is as bright as it'll go, that's basically like turning on your IPS plus. So it's it's very controllable, much, much better than what Asus had come out with stock initially. So very happy. Sorry, delay No, go for it. Is Super IPS Plus anything other than Super Brightness? No, I, that's what I couldn't figure out is what else it was doing. And it really just looks like Super Brightness. It's uh, basically the same as, like I said, turning it up to 255. So I think uh, when Asus comes out with its stock, they have it set to like uh, 175. And then when you hit that Super IPS Plus button, it cranks it up to 255. But I, I could be wrong. That that's just no, that's, what I've that's noticed. all it is. Is that that's it really? I mean, what else? I've read it on the forums that it all it is. Okay. is the, it's just the brightness controls. So yeah, yeah. And they I just mean, branded it. What else could it be? You know, like mm. are, you're not making anything different that I could see. So it's magic. It, it is. It's all magic. I'm gonna try putting Jelly Bean on my T-Mobile G Slate soon. Ooh. Too. It has ice cream sandwich. They uh they got a ROM now for Jelly Bean. I want to see if I can uh, resurrect that thing. Very nice, very nice. And uh, yeah, inside the the settings, you have your, you know, all the normal uh, preferences for the launcher. Uh, You have your lock screen, theme, system. You you can adjust anything. I mean, if you're familiar with CyanogenMod, you'll already know that. So, Uh, but overall, definitely glad I did it. Didn't do it on a Friday and I didn't have any problems. So good, good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, let's really uh, quick before we do our app picks, uh, we got some interesting articles coming out. This one from Android Authority, uh, the Google Nexus 7 coming out with a 3G connection in about six weeks. Uh, my question is, why 3G? Where's the LTE? Or is that because the Tegra still doesn't cooperate well with the LTE? Seth, what do you think? You know, I, I don't know the answer to that. Okay, Shane, what do you think? Sorry, man. <laughs> Sorry. Pr- price and battery life, uh, 3D stuff's cheaper. Uh, maybe it's more compatible international. We'll just about, you know, I think most. I mean, I know LT is great and all that, but a solid 3G connection is fine for most people. Good. And point. if you're going for the budget consumer. Like, I don't know, the 250 is what I paid for the 16 gig. I may pay 300 for 3G. Um, you know, and who knows? Maybe they say 3G, they just mean it's going to have just a cell <laughs> connection in general. And yeah, we'll, we'll see. I, I think it'd be pretty cool, but uh, um, 3G might may be more compatible. I don't think LT is very compatible in other markets. See, and this well, says 4G is not. Sorry, Matt. No, 4G is not it. as prevalent as 3G is, right. to be quite honest. I mean, it's expanding, but it's not there yet. And if you think about, if you're going to be on, if you're if you're using the device the way they want you to, you're using it as content consumption. Right. On 3G, you can download books, magazines, all this other stuff. If you're going to do video and things like that, they want you on the on a Wi-Fi network anyway. 
Sure. So or, what's or, really the... or tethering to your LTE connection via the free tethering. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, don't what, do that, man. What uh, carrier now? I mean, T-Mobile is going to go unlimited tomorrow, but um, still downloading lots of TV shows, you can't do that on a normal cell connection. you got to be on Wi-Fi. Yeah, or you're just using your torrent site, downloading them, tossing them on the, the SD card, USB style, or whatever, and, and watching them that way. As, uh, as any consumer would do. Uh, exactly. Quite honestly. <laughs> and this says here, uh, the absence of cellular connectivity on the Nexus 7 means that users are dependent on Wi-Fi or phone tethering, which can prove problematic when traveling. Also, some carriers, especially North American ones... Verizon, restrict or charge extra for phone tethering. Another nuisance of this workaround is the quick drainage of the phone battery, which is never good news on the road. The inclusion of 3G, nothing about LTE connectivity yet, should be a welcomed addition for a large number of customers. Uh, They say on AndroidAuthority.com, we don't have any word on the pricing of the Nexus 7 3G, but a baseband chip costs about $8 to $10. Adding the manufacturing costs and other factors, we can speculate that the Nexus 3G will cost about $20 to $30 over the base version. So It'll be $50. They're going to make it a nice round number. Of course. I don't know. And the, I'm just curious and, to see which which uh, provider they're going to go with. That or, was, you know, is it just going to be a SIM card that you pop it in, and if you have T-Mobile, you use T-Mobile. If you have AT and T, use AT and T. Right, and that that's uh, somebody here, Viclor, in the comments says, "I don't want to pay for another contract when I can tether my phone to the tablet already." And no, I'm not paying extra for that feature. Gotta love Spanish MVNOs. I went for the 8-gig model already uh, because money is tight, so I wouldn't have taken the 3G model anyway, not unless it could make and receive voice calls and not over VoIP. So that's an interesting point, I thought. Uh, let's I think see. the 8-gig is sold out now, by the way. Oh, I'm sure. They sold out of those. I mean, this is one of the best-selling Android tablets in history so far, right? I think it's D at this point. Yeah. All right, uh, Google Play doing the end of summer sale. We always like these. You get some great apps for what ninety nine cents. Uh, Nova, ninety nine cents. Draw Race Two, uh, one that is my app pick uh, called Spirits, which we'll get into here in a minute. Modern hey, Combat Three, Crystal Defenders, Virtua Tennis, iBlast. I mean, you can get Swift Key Three keyboard, which is my new favorite keyboard uh, on. Both my Galaxy Nexus and then the tablet version on the Prime. Love that keyboard. Uh, The Game of Life. Just a ton of stuff. We'll put links to it in the show notes. But if you're listening to this live, make sure you hop on over to play.google.com and tell them Attack of the Androids sent you. (laughs) Yeah, that'll work. I know, right? Hey, hey Matt, you know, um, before we get to app picks here, I just want to say that they just came out to say uh, Boy Genius Report reports that the Galaxy S3 is outselling the iPhone 4S, which is interesting. Interesting, indeed. Not until although, this lawsuit finishes. Although it's not really um, maybe as exciting as it could be because you know the iPhone 4S is a full year old at this point, and right. the iPhone is just about to drop the iPhone 5. And so this isn't really that big of an accomplishment. <laughs> uh, if it remains outselling the iPhone 5 in three months, that would be an accomplishment. 
Well, there's always this. Ma- I mean, I'm sure the I'm sure the iPhone sales have really dropped off. The only people buying iPhones right now are people who have like broken their old ones. Right, because <laughs> well, everybody, you would be completely ignorant, and maybe you are if you can't tell the difference between Samsung and Apple. Just saying. You're waiting because yeah. the second you buy it, the new one's going to drop. And you're going to be like, crap, I have two years on this thing now. And that yeah. that's, that makes you sad. Uh, well, they I don't say, think any normal consumers are paying attention to the to Apple's product cycle. Well, if you if, you're, if no, your I contract's totally up and think, they say, I want an iPhone, think, they're going wait, and buying an iPhone. You're paying attention um, to your upgrade cycle, not the other. No, Eric, I totally no. disagree with that. I think that the consumers are starting to realize that Apple releases an iPhone once a year. They're starting and to. that it's about this time. I mean I think that's I think that was the case last year, but I think that is not the case anymore. I think I mean I think of even just people that don't know anything about electronics know that they need to wait for the new iPhone to come out. And I think that the regular consumer is starting to time their purchases um based on the releases of the phone. So Seth, here's a question. Um, I know you're saying like this isn't this is kind of like a non-story because the 4s is a year old. Has this ever happened before? Oh, like I with doubt the, it. With I'm the not saying it's a total 4, non-story. Like... Just not as important as it could be. But I don't think it's happened before, not in a long time. But it's important at a single phone as opposed to Android just kicking its ass. Yeah, right. I also think that it's it's kind of interesting to look at these market share numbers. When you realize that the market share of any one single manufacturer or device is changing constantly simply because the market is changing constantly. I mean, 10 years ago, there was no smartphone market, you know, and now all of a sudden we've got one. So to say someone's losing or gaining market share is, is kind of irrelevant. It's, it's a percentage. And what's more interesting is not necessarily the number of percentage of market share that someone has, but the number of gross units that they're shipping or selling. And I think what we're going to see is that iPhones in general are losing their market share simply because there's such a flood of other devices out there. But the actual numbers that they're shipping are probably relatively consistent and or going. I I bet the iPhone is going to release massive numbers at this release of the iPhone 5. Oh, I yeah. bet it trumps. I bet it like doubles or triples the the Galaxy S three in the first couple of months. It's out. Right, but I bet the number of new iPhone users won't be as great as the number of new Android users. It's just the same people. It's just Apple users buying the new phone. I don't know the answer to that. Maybe uh, well, last, last, it happened last. It happened last year. We looked at the numbers. The difference in market or uh, I guess users in the iOS universe grew at a much slower pace than did sales. Which means they have a much higher um, increase. Uh, they have much higher ratio of people who are just already in the iOS universe just buying the next. Phone. And we've mentioned this before. It's, I mean, if you're looking at overall Android activations, it's one phone for Apple compared to thousands of like. It's all the numbers. I mean, there's so many more different Android manufacturers than there are obviously Apple. So. And although I do think I think that this iPhone five is going to address Flop. a lot of the things people don't like about iPhones, and it's going to make it much more competitive in the marketplace. Like, I don't think so, Seth. I disagree. What, what else? Saying, though, Seth. What else could they possibly do? No, because they're gonna they're gonna make it a. Because here's the two. They're gonna make it I've, bigger. Oh no! Here are the two things that I've heard from people that own iPhones: is it's that they don't like the small screen. I know. So they're gonna make it bigger, and they don't. Uh, they wish it had turn by turn directions, and they're gonna put that in there too. Not Google's. Uh, 
Yeah, they have the worst turn-by-turn direction. I don't know. Some of those pre-reviews of those turn-by-turns said they were really good. Who's, I mean, they may who's be doing terrible. It? I don't know. Who's, and who's then doing Jillian it? came out and the new Google Maps and blew it away. Oh, it's amazing. But so, uh, Seth, who's are they going to use Waze? I mean, that's a great app. I use that every day. Uh, what 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 could they possibly use? Do they have their or, own turn-by-turn? Yeah, they do. Apple's releasing their own turn-by-turn. Okay. Yeah. No, it's powered by TomTom. Uh, yeah, but it's their own turn by but it's, but it's their own turn by turn though, and it looks really good. I'm sure uh, it I, based does. Based on the screenshots I saw, it looked really nice. I don't know if it is going to be nice, but it looks really nice. Well, no and that's all that matters. Go, it sends you to an Apple store. As we all know, in the <laughs> Apple ecosystem, as long as it looks good, who cares, right? But Seth, I think it's interesting that you said was the iPhone or to remain to be competitive has to do these couple things. Totally. Um, and Siri's still going to suck. <laughs> and they're still gonna have no widgets. It's Gimmick. still gonna be the same boring interface. Gimmick. Uh, Google Maps will be behind, uh, or the Apple Maps will be behind Google Maps. They're they're a year behind. I, I hold on. I agree with you on a lot of things. So let me say this. I think that for the geek crowd that wants to that wants to customize their phones, Apple will never gonna is never gonna be get an Android right? device. That's but, all. So like I was just talking to my cousin. And she had an Android phone, and then she moved to an Apple to an iPhone, and she hates her iPhone because she feels so restricted by it. And she's not like a tech person; she's just like a regular, I would say, on the lower end of the tech scale, right? No, I mean, she she does everything, but just on the lower end of the tech scale. But she feels like constrained by this iPhone because it doesn't have turn by turn directions. It's got a small screen, and um, she wishes it, it. She had some put a bunch of widgets on it and stuff like that. And so I think that two of the three will be fixed in this new iPhone four five. Um, well, almost. And I think, that that, I think for a lot of consumers, those are two things that will matter more than widgets. Hey, well, don't underestimate the power of widgets, man. I think actually, I think if if Google they paid more attention to how the phones, uh, I mean, they've done a better job with this with the Nexus Seven. Like, you get widgets, and then there's actual guide to show you how to do it. To, to do it, it's mm-hmm. easier to do a lot of simple things in Android with properly set up widgets than it can ever be in iOS. And I think if I Google focus more on that, people would be surprised. Like, I don't have to go into five different apps to get my email, to get my calendar. I can just swipe. I mean... It's uh, all in my notification things. bar, and if I two-finger pull down, I can read the emails? It's handy-dandy. No, I agree 100%. I, I, I mean, obviously, I'm an Android guy. I would never buy an iPhone. I would hate it. But I think that this <laughs> iPhone 5 will help... Will help, will help them and their market share stuff. Right, right. Uh, true. And, and Dava, you know, the press will go, will, you know, drool over it. And yeah. We'll all be like, well, wait a minute. I already had this like a year ago. Right. But um, they're just falling, they're just innovating slower and slower. And, you know, two years from now, if they don't pick up the pace, they're going to be really left behind. And, and, yeah, no, I agree. And this will have LTE on it, which is also going to, I'm just, I'm just worried that all the things, when I point to why I recommend, Apple, I mean Android over Apple right now. Well, like the things I always go to is it doesn't have LTE, doesn't have it's got a terribly small screen, um, doesn't have widgets, and uh, and is, what was the, what was the other thing I was saying? Siri sucks. And yeah, Siri, Siri sucks. Like, Gimmick. All right. Yeah, um, yeah, so. Did we see this? Uh, we saw a new Motorola phone maybe coming out. Is this possibly the phone of the moment? Since we haven't done that yet. Uh, Motorola Mobility's next mobile phone, due to be unveiled at an event with Verizon Wireless, will feature an edge-to-edge screen and work with LTE networks. 
Uh, Motorola Mobility, uh, let's see, scheduled a September 5th, that's tomorrow, uh, press conference in New York with Verizon. Uh, the phone, which is expected to go on sale later this year, will run a version of Android uh, that they don't know because the person who asked not to be named because the details haven't been released. Uh, the phone would be the most high-profile product debut for Motorola Mobility since the Droid X. No, I'm, since the company was purchased by Google for about $12.5 I, I really have high hopes for Motorola. I don't have my many high hopes for this particular phone. I love I my Droid X that, still. I think Google still needs time to like let their culture seep into Motorola. Right now, Motorola is still too much Motorola, in my opinion. Yeah, it it takes a minute. More you know, they just bought yeah. it. Give them a sec. Yeah, so I don't think... Yeah, so I'm guessing that this phone... I'm guessing this <laughs> phone will still have Motorola. It'll still have a bunch of Motorola crap on it <laughs> that no one likes. Uh, I'm excited to see what Motorola is going to do you know, six to eight months from now when they right. are able to become a little more Googleized. But now this edge-to-edge screen that they're... That almost seems a pain in the butt to me. It like, does. I, I need something to hold on to that I'm not touching and pressing buttons, even, you know? Even on my like Galaxy S3, I'm already... I like... A lot of times I hit that screen accidentally. Yeah. So even that yeah. has a small bezel. What are you doing? I never do that. Shut up, it's Eric. It's fine. Really? Shut you up, shut up. Like when you I, shut like up. When I, like when you're taking you know, like, a photo. You got like weird hands? Yeah, I got you know, man like, hands. Your fingers curved? Yeah, because I'm, like I'm a, a man. Photo, I hate it a lot. What do you have, little girl hands for painting? Um, if Eric, I'm like holding, what? if I'm holding and trying to watch a video one-handed, it's kind of hard to hold <laughs> and not like pause it. <laughs> Whoa, wait a sec. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, Google shares rose point point nine percent to eight or six hundred eighty-seven dollars uh, at eleven thirty-three New York. The stock had climbed five point five percent this year through yesterday. Shares of Verizon have advanced point three percent to forty-two dollars. They're up six point six in twenty twelve. Right. Let's so do app picks. Who gives a poo? All right. Oh, well, um, before we do app picks, no app picks. No app picks. App picks. Joey. Joey. App pick. Go. All right, app pick. Dunkin' Donuts app. Seth, app pick. Go. I don't usually do app picks based upon a single uh, thing, but I got to tell you something. This is absolutely ridiculous. It will take your your location based upon GPS, and it will give you the closest Dunkin' Donuts to you. I thought you were going to say it will take your cholesterol and put it through the roof. It this is also great. allows you to, uh, if the if the restaurant supports it, it allows you to do a um, uh, 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 a payment process with with the phone NFC um, or Google Wallet NFC or... type uh, style, right? And like for instance, right here, you can see that I have the uh, Dunkin' Donuts app pulled up. Of course, you do. It is actually giving me a map with a Dunkin' Donuts location. I can tap on that, and then it can it will give me directions to go there. I also have access to the menu on the app. And by the way, one cool thing: you do not have to sign in. You do not have to create a, a Dunkin' Donuts account if you don't already have one which is kind of nice. And most of these apps that are free, they want you to create an account. Well, this one you don't have to. Um, you can also um, get, use gift cards through this thing, and it's actually quite nice if you are somewhere like, oh, I wonder where there's – I'm really craving a Dunkin' Donuts coffee. So I hit the button, and there you go. That's the thing. They have the best coffee. So <laughs> I don't even like Good coffee. job, Joey. You're welcome. Good job. And I'm not – and I, by the way, don't drink coffee. I'm just hooked on their culottes. <laughs> 
<laughs> what? All right, Seth, app pick, go. I'm actually kind of excited about my app pick this week. It's called Oregon Trail, like my internal organs. Mm. Uh, Oregon Trail Director's Cut. And <laughs> I get it. Cut. It's pretty great. Nice. It's um, it's I'll go fast, but it's you remember the or Oregon Trail that we Oregon Trail yep. we played as kids. Yep, yep. So it's like a take on that with zombies. Ooh. And so I'm in. You're like you have to like run away from zombies and you shoot zombies and you instead of like going hunting and getting buffalo, you go hunting and pick up like sharp shopping carts. That's so awesome. Just, yeah, and and then the zombies try to kill you, and then people get bit <clears throat> by zombies. You have to like upgrade it and you can sell bullets and then. If like one of your party gets infected, you have to kill them. <laughs> so you like you do like a mercy kill. That is so um, cool. So it's kind of it's kind of dark. It's probably a little PG thirteen, but it's really fun. That's I awesome. think it's two ninety nine, maybe buck ninety nine. I forget. So Oregon it's, it's, Trail, but it's totally worth it. Very cool, man. I All highly right. recommend. Shane at pick. So this is the app I picked is called Terminal IDE. Uh, I run this only on my Prime, but I think it works on a bunch of other phones, too. Uh, it is a full Android uh, development environment. Uh, but the key thing that I like is that it comes with the best SSH client I've had on um, uh, on an Android tablet. You can look at here what it looks like for all you Unix people. That will look pretty familiar. Ooh, top. Yeah, it, come, you have, it have four virtual... Terminals, if you guys remember the old Linux days before we had GUIs, you just all F1. Um, and so I have to SSH in for work a lot of times, and it's great uh, It's great to have a, um, a, lot of, a lot of the terminal programs did not work with the prime keyboard. This works perfect. Use all the keys. Full VI compliance works great with SSH. I can't remember if it costs any money or not, but Terminal ID is uh, pretty cool for all the developers and programmers out there who... Uh, Want to make their Transformer Prime almost a true work laptop? So, hey Shane, have you ever messed with AIDE? And do you know like how they compare? Nope. You should check. I that. actually, I, I really only use this for the terminal. I don't do any local development on it, but I'm told it's mm-hmm. really good. So you could just get the terminal app that comes with like CyanogenMod and have basically the same thing, or is there what what's the I, added functionality over a just straight up terminal? This one works the best with the Transform Prime keyboard. Ah, okay, gotcha. And I think it has the most options for um, um, the most options for um getting the keyboard to work. So rather than using like hacker's keyboard to get all those extra keys for doing like suspend or switching through your screens and stuff, it, it works with the hardware dock keyboard. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. All right, Eric. Okay. Uh, my app pick is package buddy. And basically what this is, is it allows you, if you have a lot of um, like packages, you're tracking UPS, FedEx, whatever. Um, it allows you to put them all into this one interface and just hit one refresh button and get the the status of all of your stuff. Um, it supports a lot of different companies, not just U.S. Like it, there's a whole list of a lot of international companies too. Uh, it is free because it's ad supported, but there's a version that's like a dollar ninety nine that um, does not have ads, to my knowledge. But uh, it's pretty good. I like it. It's better than you know, opening it up in Chrome and refreshing all the time. It's just easy to 
open one app and check it there. Package very, buddy. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Uh, my app pick, I got a fun little game that was, like I said, 99 cents uh, for the end of summer sale. This is called Spirits. Now, there's also a game, I think I picked it quite a while ago, called Spirit, which is it's completely different. But it's, one, it's called Spirits. And basically, if, if you're familiar with the game Lemmings, <laughs> which I'm sure we all are, uh, it's kind of like that. But you're, you're these little spirits, basically. So I'll show you a quick uh, rundown of the game. Here's, so you have different levels, and as you see up here, uh, right over here, your little spirit guys. Uh, oh, and there's beautiful sound. It's, it's just a relaxing, calm game. And so the spirits float, and oh, they just killed themselves, <laughs> basically. But so you can tap on the spirits, and each one can do different things. Uh, you see the little menu. You can turn them into air that blows, and the spirits catch the wind, and they float. Uh, they can drill down. They can make little ladders. And basically, oh, I'm just dying here, but you have, you have to get the spirits from wherever they're spawning at to this little spiral thing. And then there's little plants in between here that you can get extra points and that stuff. And it's just a little puzzle game. So I have four spirits left, and I have to save two of them. And each time, uh, turn the sound off. Each time you turn a spirit into something, that takes away one. So you have to figure out the best way to get your spirits from here to where the spiral thing is, and still have enough left that you can save them. So. A totally fun game. I've, I've been hooked on it nonstop. Uh, it's called Spirits, so check it out. $0.99, cents, like I said, in the the Play Store uh, for now. And just a beautiful game. And it works great on the Prime, works great on the Galaxy Nexus. Uh, it's just visually, it's stunning. It's it's very beautiful. So it's- Yeah, I think it's over now, but the Humble Bundle for Android, the last one that they did, um, this game was included. Oh, very nice. And it- very nice. So uh, if you got that, then and you paid more than the average, uh, free bonus. Yeah, bonus for you. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us here at Attack of the Androids. Uh, check us out every week, attackoftheandroids.com. That's our website. And in between shows, interact with us online socially. We all have our respective Facebooks, Google Pluses, Twitters, stuff like that. Uh, check out the other podcasts we do. Joey and I do the Buffer Overflow Show, BufferOverflowShow.com, which we'll be doing in episode Thursday, I believe. Yes, indeed. We do Yats, yet another tech show, which is every Wednesday. Uh, I do a comedy show and another activist-type show. You can find all those online. Uh, so check it out, yet another tech show.com, BufferOverflowShow.com, and, of course, this has been Attack of the Androids. Thanks for listening, guys. I'm Matt Lee. Joey Kelly, Seth Herringer, Eric Finkenbeiner, and Shane Brady for tonight. I uh, hope you enjoyed the show. Email show at attackoftheandroids.com. If you ever have any questions Android-related, we're more than happy to help you out. Uh, and if it's something that we get a lot of, we'll read it on the show and discuss it there. Uh, and like I said, follow the Twitter, Facebook, Google+, all that stuff. We're very, we're very interactive bunch, you know? It's not like you're going to send us an email and never hear from us like uh, some other shows. So definitely reach out, leave us a message, and we'll listen to it and possibly play it on the show for you. 406-204-4687. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you next week. Later. Peace out. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids.com.